This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. I'm so glad this morning to be able to come and stand and share the word of God, and we'll be blessed together. I just love the worship today. I just feel like, like, like there was an invitation for us to, to step into a new day. You know, we live uh, our life sometimes we carry yesterday's into today. You know, we carry last week or the past season into, to, into this new season. The Lord says, you know, step into a new day every day. You know, we, we, we take a walk uh, every, almost every morning, me and my wife. We have a little park by by our house, and we like to walk around, you know, just like around six in the morning, just to you know, exercise ourselves. And I just love to just smell the cool air of the morning and the the, the dew, the fresh dew in the grass, you know, just um, the beautiful sky in the morning and the promise of a new day as you see the sun rising up. So I always like to welcome, like it's a new day, and I'm invited by the Lord to participate in to uh, partner with Him. In this new day. So I just want to encourage you today, please, if you came today, you are in the right place. The Lord wants to encounter you afresh and anew. So expect today, expect from the Lord today. We'd like to read from the scriptures. Uh, today we will be looking at, uh, mainly at the passage in the book of Luke. That's Luke chapter 11. And we are going to read uh, from verse Excuse me, it's Luke chapter 19, and we are reading from verse 11 to verse 26. Luke 19, verses 11 to verse 26, and I believe it's right behind me. I'm going to read it quickly, and then we'll move on. <clears throat> verse 11. So while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable, talking about Jesus, because he was near Jerusalem. And the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear quickly, all at once. He said, a man of noble birth, or a noble man, went to a distant country to have himself appointed king, and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. I'm going to be using that pronunciation. You know, that's, that word minas, by the way, it's, it's in Aramaic. And none of us here speaks Aramaic. So if you want to say minas, but I would like to use minas, so I'll be saying that a lot. I hope it doesn't, you know, so it's Aramaic. So gave them 10 minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of 10 series. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, 
you take charge of five, five series. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I've kept it right away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I come back, I could have corrected with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it, give it to him, to the one who has ten minas. So they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you today for a new day. Thank you for the gift of your word. The gift of your word, Jesus. Thank you that there is life in your word. There is grace. There is mercy. And your very kingdom in your word, oh God. I thank you today as we share from your word. I pray the Lord you will minister life. You will minister grace. You will minister mercy. You minister, Lord, your goodness in the lives of your precious people. I thank you today for joy. There is joy in your word, oh God. And I thank you for ease. As I share this word, oh God, because you are right here, Holy Spirit, right here to bless us. I thank you for my friends today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to start by actually sharing a story. Uh, by the way, we are from Kenya, me and my wife. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I want to share a story. Once, once upon a time uh, in Africa, uh, uh, there was a king who, had, a, who, had, a, who had, had a great wealth and great fame. And he was growing old. And he wanted to do one more thing to cement his legacy. So he thought of an idea. How, what could I do? Then he got an idea. He said, I'm going to reward the bravest young man in the lad with half of my wealth and my beautiful daughter to marriage. So he called the servants and gave them instructions. He told his servants, go and construct a big lake at the backyard of his palace. So the, the servants went and constructed this beautiful big lake at the backyard of the house. And the servants came back and said, master, we have constructed as you, as you instructed us. The master said, I want you to go into the river and bring five crocodiles and put them into the lake. So the servants went into the river and captured five crocodiles and threw them into the lake. And the, the servants came. We did as we instructed the master. And then the master called the messengers and sent the messengers with this message that I'm going to re reward the bravest young man in the land with half of my wealth and my beautiful daughter to marry to the bravest young man in the land. But here is the test. The young man 
to prove his bravery, has to swim from one end of the lake across the lake to the other end without being beaten by the five hungry, ferocious crocodiles. So the messengers went in the land into all the villages announcing the master wants to reward the bravest young man in the land with his daughter to marriage and have all his wealth. But the young man has to swim across the lake without being beaten by the five hungry, ferocious crocodiles. So the messengers went around and announced as the master had instructed. And the master had also said he wanted to invite the whole, the people in the, from the whole, all the villages on this day to witness this occasion. So the day came and the villagers from everywhere started to arrive at the, at the master's house. They came and spread about and spread aloud the lake. Each one trying to get a good spot for the best view as they waited to show who is the bravest young man, to see who is the bravest young man in the land. There was good music. There was a lot of food. The king sat up on a, on a stage raised with a very, with a, the best view. Everyone was trying to get the best view. The announcer kept on, of an, kept on announcing, who is the bravest young man? Come show us what you got. I can imagine the elderly men were challenging the young generation, the young men around. Are you not man enough? Are you not man enough? Come on. So people waited impatiently. The day went on. More people arrived. And everyone was scrabbling to get the best spot. People were all around the lake to the edge. Towards evening, people were beginning to get tired of waiting. And almost thinking they... There will be no volunteer. People are sad that there were no brave men, brave young men in the land anymore. And suddenly, there was a sound of something drop into the, into the lake. And there it was. There was a young man swimming so fast across, so fast. And peer people started to cheer up and to cheer him and to cheer him on. And the young man was able to go through the lake and climbed out of the other end of the lake and beaten. And everyone was congratulating him and calling his name and clapping hands to congratulate him. And the young man was looked so scared and was so out of breath. He could barely speak. And the king summoned the young man to the stage. And the young man went there. Still out of breath, he could barely say anything. The king asked the young man, young man, what do you want me to do for you? The young man said, nothing. I just want to know who pushed me. <laughs> Everyone was like, what? What? The king asked the young man again. Young man, what do you want me to do for you? Nothing. I just want to know who pushed me. So what people didn't know is, this young man had not chosen to risk, his, to risk his life and jump into the lake to swim for the reward of half of the king's wealth and the beautiful daughter for marriage. He was swimming to save his poor life. He was swimming, scared to get through. And you know what happened? And you know, we laugh today 
But sometimes we feel like this young man. If you've been allowed this Christian journey for, for a long time, and maybe you have done some kind of ministry work, sometimes you feel that all you care is to try to survive it. It gets tired. You feel tired. And you begin to lose even the wonder of the reward of the king. You begin to lose the fascination the, and the, 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 the excitement of the, the wonder of the reward of taking risk for the reward of the king. And you feel even like this young man today who pushed me? Who pushed me? So today, I'm going to share a message about taking risk. But my prayer is that may we never lose, may we never lose the wonder, the wonder of taking risk. Taking risk to know the reward that Jesus invites us into. And may we never become so complacent and so numb that we lose the wonder of taking risk for the reward of knowing Jesus, for the reward of knowing the King. Because the Lord still wants us to have that wonder. You remember that wonder you had in the beginning? That excitement and fascination? I want today to provoke you back to that. Whatever you are in your Christian walk with the Lord, whatever you are in your journey with Jesus in the kingdom of God, I want to pray that you might again capture that wonder or that fire, right? That made us to risk everything and jump into the lake for the reward of knowing this Jesus, for the reward of knowing this king. So we read... Luke chapter 19. You know, in this parable, the parable of the ten minas, you know, most of us are familiar with the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, right? The parable of the ten minas is much like the parable of the talents. But there are some important differences. For example, the servants in the parable of the talents, they are given different amounts to invest. One is given five, another is given two, another one is given one. But in the parable of the ten minas, all the servants receive the same amount, one mina. However, the primary message, the primary truth in both parables is this, the truth that growth and fruitfulness in the kingdom mission involves faithful risk-taking. You see the reward system in both parables is based on the willingness of the servants to exercise faith by taking risk. The master declares two servants as being faithful or trustworthy based on their willingness to take risk. And one servant is judged based on the lack of willingness to take risk. So both of these parables, parable of the tyrants, parable of the ten minutes, they both teach that growth in the kingdom mission, require faithful risk-taking. Of course, God does not merely respond to risk-taking. 
God responds to faith, right? But faith or God responds to faith that manifests itself in risk-taking and stepping out for the kingdom mission. So faithful risk-taking is motivated by faith in God. Actually, the faith of God. So risk-taking in the kingdom, and I want to say this because, you know, it's not about being arrogance. It's not being, you know, like risking to jump off, over the cliff in the name of taking risk. It's actually motivated by our faith in God. So Jesus tells this parable to teach his disciples that growth in the kingdom mission will involve them taking risks. So he gives a positive example and a negative example. So the context, verse 11 we read. So the disciples, like the other Jews, they were hoping that Jesus was going to immediately establish the kingdom, his kingdom, to conquer the Roman rule. So these were difficult times in Palestine. Taxes were high. Their readers were corrupt. There was political division. The Jews hoped that only the kingdom of God would come and change their social and economic hardships. And you know, their situation actually is much like the current environment in our society today. You know, people are worried, how are we going to make through these difficult times? The economic hardships, the political divisions, the cultural noise, the clashing. Remember where this dream last Sunday, Pastor Dylan shared about the crashing? And today many people are expressing that they want to see God intervene and establish righteousness and justice in the nations of the world. Some people are even now turning to the end time news. I meet them. The eschatology message. And yes, the Bible says that perilous times, difficult times will come. But you see, Jesus calls us to be whole Bible Christians. And I feel like this, this I feel here, I feel, I feel the Holy Spirit here. He, he calls us to be whole Bible Christians. And sometimes because of the difficulties around us, we can lose focus of the message that the Holy Spirit inspired. Remember Jesus in Luke chapter 4 says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, right? And all the way he says he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free, you know? He says to, 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 to the recovery of blind, for, the, for the, the recovery of the blind. And then lastly he says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I feel the Holy Spirit say that this is still, this is still the year of the Lord's favor. As a son and daughter of God, this is still your year. This is still your year of the Lord's favor. This is still an opportunity for the church. We talk a lot about that. Last few years with the pandemic, we said, oh, we missed out on an opportunity. The church missed out on an opportunity. And I think because we need to put this message in front of us, that the year of the Lord's favor is still now, is still today. The Lord still calls us to lift our heads up. So Jesus taught that the kingdom of God does not appear to us as they were hoping. He tells them that the kingdom of God is within you. Luke 11 verse 21. He says the kingdom of God grows within you and through you. 
So what does it mean that the kingdom of God glows within you and through you? I want to just briefly turn to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. I think it will be cast on the, on the screen there. And I know we quote this scripture. This is King James Version. It says, from now, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God or heaven suffers violence and the violence takes by force. And I want to break it down for you because, you know, these words are, uh, you know, the, the way it's rendered, it's, it's hard to know what, is, what the Bible is talking about. And if you can turn to the next slide, please. The Greek verb, the kingdom suffers violence, translates. Next slide, please. The Greek verb, the kingdom suffers violence, translates. And the kingdom is breaking forth from within and moving forward. It's dynamic and active. Is it there? There you go. The kingdom suffers violence. Translates in the Greek, the kingdom is breaking forth from within and moving outward. It's dynamic and active. And then the violence takes by force. That Greek verb is the breakers seize it now. So Jesus taught them, the disciples and the Jews, instead of sitting and waiting for the kingdom to come, we are to realize it now. We are called to be kingdom breakers. We are called, you and me, to break forth and to allow the kingdom of God to break forth and move forward in and through us. Amen? So Jesus is the king in the kingdom of God, not only in heaven, but also here and now, right? And as the king, Jesus has a mission. His mission is the growth of the kingdom. He wants the kingdom to grow. So he wants to establish his kingdom on earth through these breakers, sons and daughters of the kingdom. And as sons and daughters of the kingdom, he invites us to grow and establish the reign of God on earth. We are the ones to answer the prayer, Jesus' prayer. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus, the kingdom of God has reached back from eternity and it's already growing in our context. The growth of the kingdom of God starts from this side of eternity. So we need to have this, this a growing the kingdom here and now mentality, right? That's what he's saying. He said that we are the breakers. We are the one through which the kingdom within will move outward. So as sons and daughters of the kingdom, we've been given kingdom responsibilities. But the kingdom mission as we, as, as we shall see, is exposed to risks. So that's the context of the parable. Jesus is trying to correct a misconception about the kingdom of God. The next point I want to make is about the nobleman. So the nobleman or the man, the man of noble birth, he gives each, of the, each one of the servants one mina. Now a mina actually is a, is a, current, is a type of currency in Palestine that is equivalent to three wages of a laborer. So if you can focus to the screen, thank you so much. So that actually was the coin that was called Amina. It was only, it was equivalent to three months wages of a laborer. So I don't know how much a laborer was making, but what we know is was a, it was a relatively very small amount of money. It wasn't a gold coin or a Bitcoin as those who are more, <laughs> more, you know, more current, 
right? By the way, funny thing, I looked up the word Mina. It's actually a cryptocurrency today. If you want to buy one Mina today, it's actually worth well, 60 cents. U.S. money, yeah. It's, a, it's, 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 it's being brought back. <laughs> but, but the point is, Amina was not much. But the nobleman gave the servants instructions of what to do with it. Do business until I come. New King James Version. He tells them, do business, invest. So each one of them is given the same amount of money to invest and earn back profits. The nobleman returns and asks the servants to come and give an account of what they did. With a one mina, two servants and very good profits. I calculated the, their profits, by the way, because actually I was an accountant before the Lord called me to preach. It was actually the, the first servant made a, a, thousand, a thousand percent increase in value, and the other servant made 500 percent increase in value. I mean, that's a ridiculous profits these servants made. But you know what? The reward was even more greater. Was even more generous. Their reward was to be in charge of ten whole cities. And five whole cities. Now, I don't know about you. I mean, you can count your cities, but I'm counting New York. I'm counting London. I'm counting Paris. I'm counting our own Miami. I'm counting Nairobi, from where we are. I mean, ten whole cities? That's a very, very generous reward for the responsibility of taking care of a very small amount of money. You know, it talks about how generous our father is, the generosity of our father. And the principle here is, we read in verse 26, to everyone who has, more will be given. So that's the kingdom principle, the principle of growth in the kingdom mission. Right, the sons and daughters who faithfully take risk with the resources given to them for the growth of the kingdom mission, they receive generous rewards. And the reward is more kingdom responsibilities and more kingdom authority. And I like that, man. You know what? We need that. We need more kingdom authority, right? However, the one servant who was unwilling to take risk was asked to give the one mina, give up the one mina to the one who had maintained minas. He was left, excuse me, he was left with nothing. Now the master judged, it's the action of avoiding to take risk that the nobleman condemned. The action of avoiding to take risk, the master condemns. This is a, a that lesson that I want to bring out here. Notice that each of the servants gets one mina. Everyone starts with the same amount of money. Here's the lesson for us. In the kingdom mission, everybody starts with the resources and opportunities of the same value. Sons and daughters have equal playing ground. We all have been given resources, opportunities, gifts of the same value and worth. Whatever the spiritual gift you have or the resource or the opportunity you have, You've been given. The Father has praised the same value, similar to everyone else. I want to again show you, direct you to the screen because I brought some, some Kenyan coins, but they are too small. I can't, you can't see them from here. They, I'm cutting two Kenyan coins here, but on the screen, there is one Kenyan coin. And can you flip to the next? 
and the other one. Again, back and forth. So I want to ask, who can guess which of the two coins is of great value? Which of the two coins is of more value than the other? And the Kenyans are disqualified from this. <laughs> I want volunteers. Which one? The, the, the silver-looking one or the good? Or the, or I don't know what. I'm sorry, this is, a, this is my, my phone. The, the smaller one? Which is the smaller one? The copper-looking one? Oh, that's a, the one of greater value? Okay. Who else want to take a shot? So I want to tell you guys. So these two coins um, actually are of the same value. <laughs> they actually, their value is one Kenya sharing, which the only difference is these are coins of different generations, but they are still in circulation. You can still use either of the coin. But you see, Based on your answer, as human beings, we see based on outward appearance, right? We think, even in, in the church, we think that other people have minas of more value than what we have. It's so easy to think that others have better resources, better opportunities than we have. But in the kingdom of God, as sons and daughters, we have resources, gifts that have been given the same value. We may have resources and gifts and opportunities that may look a little different than others, but all our resources and gifts that we have have the same value. Like, regardless of the size, you guys talked about the size or the color or, or the thickness or the shape of the coin, they are both valued at one Kenya shillings. So everyone's gift and resource, everyone's opportunity, is valuable for the growth of the kingdom mission. You know, we hinder the growth of the kingdom mission when we elevate certain gifts or resources above others. When we try to cut everyone into the same size and shape, we hinder growth. And it's, it's very common, I'm sorry, sometimes in our churches. So these such expectations or, or perceptions make people feel that their gift is small or inferior. And other people's gifts are superior. People can give an excuse, oh, I don't have the gift of prophecy like Julie. Or I don't have the gift of readership like Darren. Right? My, I only have a minor. You may feel that your gift, your resource, or the opportunity you have is just a minor. Not very impressive. But whatever gift and resource you have, there is a God-invested value in it. We all need to see and understand the God-invested value in our gifts, in our resources, in our opportunities, and use it for the growth of the kingdom mission. Just like the minas, our opportunities, our gifts and resources, they are meant to be productive. I love that word. They are meant to be productive. Right? I think Dylan talked about, we talk about faithfulness, but we need to begin talking about being productive, being fruitful. And the nature of our gifts and, and, and resources and opportunities, just like Mina, they are meant to be productive when we are willing to take risk for the growth of the kingdom mission. The third servant put his Mina in a cloth and covered it up. He hid it away. Notice that this servant, he didn't do anything dishonest. He was not 
an ethical. He was not a bad person. The problem is he avoided taking risk. It's the action of avoiding to take risk that the master condemns. And you know what he said? He was afraid. And he said he was afraid that the master was a hard man. No, we all know that Jesus is giving a parable about himself, right? None of us can make such a claim about Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus, he risked his own life. He did not shrink back from giving everything for the kingdom mission. In Isaiah 53, Jesus, who was king, is a picture of a servant. He's a son who served the kingdom mission well. He even gave up his own body to be torn apart by crucifixion to solve the growth of the kingdom mission. I just want to say something here because sometimes when we read the Bible, the, the word servant, by the way, is actually translated bond servant. Bond servants were servants who actually declared the affection to their master. And they had declared to join the mission of their master. They actually, board servants who actually had become sons. They were not strangers. They had become sons and daughters of the master's family. You know, Jesus actually, in the book of Philippians chapter 2, talks about Jesus who was God. He humbled himself and took the form of a bond servant. Peter called himself a bond servant. Paul called himself a bond servant. James called himself a bond servant. As sons and daughters of the king, as sons and daughters of the kingdom, we are also bond servants. You know, I want to add this rich nuance to, the, to our identity. I know we talk, we love the son and the, and the daughter. <laughs> but I want to add to your identity as a bond servant to be able to understand this parable. You have to understand yourself as a bond servant. Like, we are sons and daughters, but we have kingdom responsibilities. So this servant had become a son of the master. When he says he's afraid, I'm confused. He says he's afraid of the master because the master is a hard man. He's become part of the family. He's joined the mission of the master. So it seems like his, his fear is either motivated by a lack of a spiritual understanding or his fear is motivated by offense. He took offense. And I feel, I lean more to, towards thinking this servant had an orphan spirit. Because an orphan spirit takes offense and separates from others. We aren't called to do the kingdom mission alone. You can't do it alone. We need each other. And I bet the two servants who aren't prophets, they worked together. They encouraged each other. Amen. So when we are called to invest our resources, because we hear this message and sometimes we think of me and myself and I, he's talking to us together. You can't do it alone. When God is calling you to invest yourself for the kingdom mission, he's asking us to link hands together. So my imagination tells me these servants who aren't 10 and aren't 5 in profit, they work together, they encourage each other. We shouldn't allow offense to isolate us from others. 
And you know the problem with offense? It not only affects you, it affects the rest of us. Because when you take offense, you can't do kingdom mission, kingdom mission effect-free. So only a few people are left to do all the work. And people get tired. We need the encouragement of each other. The Bible says encouraging each other as the day draws near. It's going to be tough. Not to scare you. Right? It's going to be difficult. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. We need the encouragement of each other. And I, wanna, I feel actually here because I was preparing. I just felt a, a highlight. Whether you are seated here this morning or you are watching by live stream. I don't know where the camera is there. <laughs> I want to encourage you this morning because I feel like there's a highlight of people whether here or like you're watching and you are struggling with physical health because you're growing older I'm saying that with a lot of humility there are some physical health difficulties I feel there's an encouragement for you that the Lord is not done yet with you the Lord is not yet done with you. And I hope you feel the encouragement, the comfort of the Holy Spirit this morning. The Spirit is saying, I want to use you. Don't opt out. Don't opt out. The fifth point. You've been, you've been tracking with me, by the way, I'm in my fifth point. So, <laughs> And my fifth point I want to share is... Uh, about the environment that we have been called to do the kingdom mission. The master asked the servants to do business in an environment that was hostile. They were surrounded by people who were hostile to the mission of the master. You read the verse 14 and verse 27. It says that the people hated their master. It wasn't easy. I bet it wasn't easy for them these two servants who made profit, they made profit in, an, in a hostile environment. They encountered opposition, but in the heat of opposition, they risked their resources for the kingdom mission. There would be hostility and opposition in the environment, the kingdom, that the, that the Lord has called us to use our gifts and our resources. There will be hostility, there will be opposition. As sons and daughters of the kingdom, we encounter forces of spiritual opposition. Actually, Jesus links growth for the kingdom mission with the reality of spiritual opposition. And the opposition is spiritual, but can manifest itself in physical or human opposition. Like we see in the book of Acts, right? You see, I mean, there will be some bad guys out there. There are some mean people out there. If you're doing kingdom business, you make friends, right? You gain friends and you lose friends. Get used to that. <laughs> Get used to that, right? But our warfare is not against flesh and blood. And our spiritual, our, our weapons are not wild. They are not carnal. They are spiritual. They are divine. Our primary weapon is love. So when we focus on human opposition, it's because we have left our place of spiritual authority and practical responsibility as sons and daughters of God. I just want to say that, I emphasize that because I feel even this morning having um, Andrew, 
and his wife together and sharing like even how we can partner with four kids in the care portal. I just feel like, you know, and that's what I think Savannah did last week, telling us we need to take responsibility, right? You know, we focus on human opposition when we lose our place of spiritual authority and practical responsibility. See, the government is not your enemy. We only make the government our enemy when we lose our place of spiritual authority and practical responsibility as sons and daughters of the kingdom. So I charge you today because Jesus says in John 16 verse 33, in this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart. Take courage. Be brave and be willing to risk because I have overcome. And the mission cannot fail. Do you realize none of the two servants, none of the servants who risked their resources, the gifts for the kingdom mission lost the money? The mission cannot fail. The mission cannot fail. I want to encourage you. When you step out, there's guaranteed success. The economy of God cannot fail. Now the parable, the, the point of this parable is not to terrify you. I don't want to, if you're terrified, please, that's not my, my intention, please. <laughs> my, my point today is the parable is actually about freedom and about responsibility. It's, a, it's, an, invite, it's an, an invitation that we are responsible for kingdom business. And actually, it's actually a family business, right? If you think it's about, as a family business, as sons and daughters, and yes, the kingdom is exposed to risks. But Jesus expects you and me to faithfully take risk and not be afraid. All the sons and daughters that have gone ahead of us, they walked this same path. They walked this same path. And our generation, the Lord asks us, this is our path. This is our mission. And our mission is love. This is our mission. And our mission is love. What is your mina? Have you hidden away your mina because you are afraid? What fear keeps you from taking risk and using your gifts and resources for kingdom business? What's your excuse? What's your excuse? You know, I want to highlight two other, as I finish, by the way, and I think the worship team can come. I want to highlight two other kinds of fear that we may struggle with. Um, and the, the first one is the fear of failure. And I just already actually mentioned that the mission of God cannot fail. But sometimes, you know, fear is the common excuse, right? And it's, it's actually an obstacle to, for lack of growth in the kingdom. That's what we are talking about. The difference between those who multiply the amina for the kingdom business and not is whether they choose to take risk or they choose not to take risk. So fear will stop you from taking risk with your gifts for the kingdom mission, with your resource or opportunity. You see, we, a lot, we talk a lot about 
fear, you know. But, but, but you know, the, the opposite of faith, because we're talking about faithful risk-taking, the opposite of faith is not unbelief. The opposite of faith is fear. And we all struggle with that, one kind of fear or the other. Fear of failure. I'm talking about fear of failure right now. And if you're struggling with that, there's encouragement for you. There's encouragement for you. The resources that you've been given to invest for kingdom mission are of eternal value. You cannot fail. If you feel like you're struggling with that fear, like, you know, I'll fail. I do that. I struggle with fear. You know, I, we all come to a place where we are like, I, I don't know whether I should step out or I should hold back. The encouragement is in God's economy, we cannot fail. The other fear, which is very common today, is fear and risk of commitment. That's a big one today. Commitment is becoming more and more rare in our culture. Taking the risk of commitment may require you to be vulnerable. Right? It's hard, you know, to commit. May require you to be vulnerable. The resources you have, the gifts you have, the opportunity you have to use them, to take risk, may require you to be vulnerable, to use them for the kingdom mission. How would you live your life differently if you knew you cannot fail? How would you live your life differently if you knew you cannot fail? If fear of failure was not in the equation, if fear of and risk of commitment was not in the equation. As a mom, as a dad, at your place of work, I don't know what opportunities and gifts you have. I don't know what resources you have. But I want to encourage you today. I had these words and I wrote them down. Place your hands on the prow. For the chariot of the spirit is getting ready. And the harvest is ready. Place your hands on the prow. For the chariot of the spirit is getting ready. And the harvest is ready. This is not time to slow down. Strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. I want to charge you this morning. I want to charge you this morning. Roll up your sleeves. Whatever, whatever place you are in your walk with Jesus, you may have being very productive at the beginning of your journey with Jesus. But you went to a place you plateaued. You held back. Because of whatever reason, you held back. I think the Lord says that he's trying to accelerate, accelerate the pouring out of his spirit right now. We need to seize the time. We need to seize the kingdom now. This is still the year that the Lord has made. This is still the year of the Lord's favor. It's still in your ear as sons and daughters of the Lord. The ear of your favor. The ear of God's favor on your life. So I want to ask us to rise up on our feet. Please, kindly. Excuse my sweat, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating out today, my bonus. Oh, brother. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. 
It's Kenyans. The Kenyan blood, boy. So I just want to encourage us uh, we, uh, as we rise up on our feet, please. I want you to position your heart, bring your heart to a posture of the Lord giving you a charge today. The Lord giving you a charge today as a mom, as a dad, at your place of work. The Lord gives, gives you a charge today. Whatever opportunity you have. He says, I want, I want, I want to multiply and, and to pour out grace upon grace and spirit pouring, poured upon you, upon spirit poured upon you. Seize the moment. Seize the kingdom now. Here and now. So let's all lift up our hands before the Lord as the worship leads us in a, in a time of receiving from the Lord. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's receive from the Lord faithful risk taking. Faithful risk taking. Faithful risk taking for the kingdom mission. For the kingdom mission. For the kingdom mission. For the kingdom mission. The kingdom mission cannot fail. He's calling you today. He's calling me today. He's calling all of us today. We have to place our hands on the plow today. We have to place our hands on the plow today. We have to place our hands on the plow today. If you have children, by the way, if you have children at the back, please be free to go and pick them up. Thank you. Please, be ladies, if you want to have children at the back. talk to him please don't stop talking don't stop talking the way we receive from the Lord is when we talk back to him don't stop talking come on come on talk back to him he has spoken to you today he has spoken to us today talk back to him tell him yes tell him yes tell him yes tell him yes yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord yes Lord Yes, Jesus. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, me, Lord. Yes. Yes. Yes, Jesus. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, me, 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 Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Father God, you are good. You're good. And your goodness is in this place. Father, I thank you that we all step into your goodness today. We all step into a good into your goodness today. From a place of difficulties, Lord. From the from a hard place, we step into your goodness. We step into your goodness, Lord. I thank you for your goodness in our hearts, your goodness in our lives, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord, for fruitfulness. Thank you for productivity, oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for stepping out. Thank you for taking risk, faithful risk taking, Lord. We say yes. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. And I pray a blessing, Lord. I pray a blessing on us today, on your sons and daughters today, Lord. Thank you. The guy we got out charged oh God filled with the Holy Spirit Lord blessed by the Lord we thank you Lord that we are bold that we are bold we are we are brave oh Lord we are brave we are bold oh Lord we are courageous sons and daughters of God we bless you Lord we thank you Lord blessings to Jesus amen amen God bless you guys love you Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.